Hi there, this is Martin J. Weiss, uh, author of Flamingo Coast, uh, also known as Marty Weiss. Uh, Flamingo Coast uh, is coming out this month through Rare Bird Books, and it's uh, about a former IRS agent, a woman who gets, uh, an, she gets fired from the IRS actually early on, and, and she gets an opportunity to go off the grid to go after a place that harbors some of the biggest financial criminals in the world, and uh, this is Max Mobley. Hi, Marty. Yeah, I, my name is Max Mobley. I'm the author of Howard and Debbie, also coming out uh, from Rare Bird Books on February 12th. I'm super excited. And Howard and Debbie, briefly, is uh, a tale about a man and a woman who meet on the internet under false pretenses. Uh, she ends up kidnapping the man, and all hell breaks loose. And interesting that your book is releasing right before Valentine's Day, huh? I <laughs> That's right. It is, yeah, it is sort of a Valentine story. There is some love there, and you know they have a marriage at times. That's that's fairly recognizable as such. Well, Max, um, as I just mentioned before we got on air, I, I just finished your book uh, last night. I devoured it in about uh, twenty four hours. Wow, uh, time! But it was just fantastic. I loved it. It's one of the best books I've read in a long time. It's original. It's uh, it's a lot of things, and 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 I wanted to start with that because, uh, you know, it draws you in. You have a sense of humor where I was laughing at the beginning, and then it wasn't so funny, and then it was, you know, so heavy that you you, you tackled a couple themes so well that are not easy to do, and um, your characterization is is just really incredible. I was trying to think of anything that it reminded me of, and the only thing I could think of was uh, Stephen King's Misery. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words, um, especially coming from a writer whose work I admire. That it means a lot, and uh, you know, it uh, it it's been a bit of a challenge because it, it is pretty funny in places, and it gets really dark in other places. And one of the taglines we kind of walked around with before we landed on uh, Rare Bird's desk was, uh, you know, misery meets Forrest Gump. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I get that though. That that it does. It has that kind of tone. Yeah. And that sensibility, which I like, and it, it drew me in. But then you you fairly quickly, you know, it's, it's interesting because you kind of have two protagonists and two antagonists. And I'm not sure. And it alternates. And, and you start you started with Howard and then it went into Debbie. And then you 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 go into her backstory, really, which is a story into itself. And it's a, it's a novel into itself. And, and it's riveting. It's heartbreaking, and it's. Um, I really did not know where you were going with it, how how you brought them together, and, and what happens when they do, and it's. It it, it it filled me with a lot of emotions. I'll say that. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, I honestly, as I was writing it, I wasn't sure where it was going myself. Um, I knew, you know, I had, you know, fairly, you know, filled out thumbnail sketches of the of Howard and Debbie. Uh, I knew, you know, like you do the basic points you know the, the i have my signpost that i needed to write to um and then when it came to debbie's backstory and i you know i i definitely have an archaeological view of writing like others do where i just feel like i'm trying to uncover the truth and get rid of anything that's not the truth and when i and i learned you know debbie's fate uh, as a young person just before i wrote it and i was like can i write this okay <laughs> my uh yeah i kind of had to steal myself and go you know this is the story and you have to make your character, you have to tell your character story. And it was heartbreaking. I, I tell you not. And, uh, you know, the comedy I think helped me 
uh, and hopefully it helps the reader process some of that. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, I try to be honest throughout and, uh, and, you know, fill them in as accurately as I was able. Well, your narrator's comedy is what makes it human actually, because other, you know, they are, it, it is a, I don't want to spoil anything, but there, there are two dark, very dark elements going on. And, you know, the, the narrator actually uh, brings it to a, to a reality that you can you could be amused by and you can have a perspective of, which is difficult to do, given that, uh, you know, her backstory, uh, you know, it, well, I won't ruin anything by saying it. It, it touches upon uh, somebody who... Uh, was horribly abused and what her, what her outcome is and, and how she responds to it later in life uh, and his uh, pathetic beginning and how his, his big transformation, they actually both have very strong transformations um, that, that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I, you know, I, I guess the first thing I, I'd love to ask you is how, and you started to talk about it, but how did you approach it from a character point of view first or what, because it, it sounds like it wasn't, Debbie's situation that was was where you started. I thought that's where where, where you were go, where where you would have begin, begun. But the um, the the online um, you know our, our online personas is another thing that you tackle. I uh, that that we we can be somebody else when we're online, and that that you you, you start out very quickly. So I, I knew where, where you were going with that. But what did you exactly start with, and then how did you let the uh, the fiction? Uh, take on its own life yeah that, that's a great question uh could only come from a writer that question um you know i i mean i knew the basics i knew that you know howard was basically catfishing you know for lack of a better term although it was at a time before catfishing was even i think named as such right he was you know this is not a secret from the book he's you know he he presents himself as this desirable, attractive person when he really isn't, and he really doesn't really know, recognizes that in himself. And, uh, and when I knew that was his story uh, and his sort of impetus to meet Debbie, uh, I wanted to make sure he wasn't a, you know, like that, that, you know, that sort of frat boy, you know, abuser of women. I mean, that's, you know, that they're out there and it's valid, but it's just been done before. And I, and I wanted the story to be a different take. You know, sometimes it's the nice guys that do these kind of dumb, crazy things with the noblest of intentions. And so I knew that about him. And then, um, and with Debbie, uh, I knew, you know, she was a psychopath. I knew that she was out to hurt men because she'd been hurt by men. Um, but she was extremely empathetic, and I, I felt for her. Though I was kind of rooting for her at the end. I, it, you had to end it the way you did, but I was, you know, I, I, I felt for her. I mean, you 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 delved into her backstory deeply. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I I, I I sort of let the. I let my fingers take me along, you know, I'm, for me, writing is, like I said, it's archaeological. It's also like kind of peering into the window of another universe and just trying to capture everything that's going on, uh, in front of you. And you have that extra level of knowledge being the narrator and the author. Um, so yeah, with Debbie, you know, uh, I knew she was a monster, uh, but, but the best monsters are, you know, you, you have empathy for them and you feel bad for what made them that. And Debbie is certainly an example of that. And I remember as a kid, 
you know, watching Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein movie uh, by James Whale and uh, with Boris Karloff, of course, and, you know, watching it with my friends and all my friends were like, oh, my God, the monster. And they're all freaking out. He's so scary or gross. And I like was trying not to cry because I felt so bad for the Frankenstein monster because he's just lonely and he wants to be loved. and He didn't ask to be created and didn't ask for these things. And that's very similar to, I think, Debbie. I mean, she didn't ask for what happened to her, obviously. And she was unable to get any help that would have sort of helped, you know, that would have, you know, redeemed her or allowed her to evolve in the way Howard did. Howard just kind of evolved through luck, right? He, you know, through things that happened later in the story, um, they were the catalyst for Howard to evolve as a human being. Debbie kind of shunned any opportunity to do that and just sort of became entrenched in being this sort of, you know, evil person, you know, with, you know, sadly, uh, a good reason for why she was the dark. Right. Thing. It, it, both of them could have gone two different ways. And, and yeah. interestingly enough, you could have approached the story in many different ways. And it's interesting that the, the, the point of view you chose, you could have gone first person. You could have, you know, taken from, did, did you uh, do a lot of development on, on the manuscript? Did it, did it change as you were writing it? Or did you just kind of start from point A and go, go straight through yeah, I, it was you know, more the latter. I I had like a, I had you know sort of loose ideas of the characters. I had my what I call signposts, basically an outline of I know this needs to happen, this needs to happen, and this needs to happen. I had like five of six of those things, and then um, and you, I'm sure I can't wait to hear this about your side of it. Uh, you know, and then you sit down to to write it and to connect those dots, and the next thing you know, like you know, five hours has gone by. And you can't believe it yourself. That's how right. that's kind of how it is for me. And I don't know how it is for you. But let's add, I want to find out how it is for you because I got to say, uh, I, you know, uh, Flamingo Coast is one of those books that I just, I, I'm inspired by because I don't have that type of uh, narrative capabilities. You know, your, your, your pacing is such and the excitement and the suspense is just there the whole time and it keeps you turning the page. Um, and it's also got a very cinematic quality to it. Um, I, there's just some scenes in there that I, that I just felt like, um, like, like we're, like you were describing a movie almost, you know, but let me back up. So, so, you know, with, with, I, I, it's too early to switch, you know, jump on me, but, but I really want to know, like with Flamingo Coast, did you have your main characters first? Did you have the, the main plot points first? What compelled you to write this very timely story about, you know, the 1% getting away with financial murder and more and, and, uh, and then, you know, the noble, uh, you know, agent, you know, tracking them down at all costs. It's interesting when you go back uh, after working on something for a long time, trying to remember what, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg and how did, how you get there. And I think uh, we have a similar process in that once you start working on what you described as uh, five hours passing and, and you can't believe it happened is sometimes letting the story take its own life, which I think is the magic of it. And, you know, why some of us don't uh, outline too detailed um, because you need it to go. However, I write um, kind of complex plots that have to make sense in the end. So that, that takes some, uh, that takes some planning to, to make sure that the, that it works. But I did, one of the first early inspirations also was character and it, it started um, not not because of what was in the news necessarily. It was it was from a point of view of an IRS agent thinking, why why does somebody become an IRS agent? Why does somebody get get a vendetta for the wealthy, which do often get away with 
you know, crazy amounts of, you know, hiding money, sheltering money, all that stuff. But what's also interesting is, is there's a parallel in my story of some historic stuff that happens later on to, with one of the characters. And those are based on some true stories that I had also done a lot of research on, which were fascinating because they really did parallel what's going This They happened in the 70s and 80s, but they really parallel a lot of the stuff that's in the news now with the Paradise Papers and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I did that on purpose to make a, a parallel. But um, there there were a lot of, you know, you know, ingredients that went into the soup. So it came from different angles and things kept getting added in and, and taken out. And it was a process. This was not an easy process, the, this book. Um to, to make it to make it flow the way it does but um, but it did, did I did write it it did happen organically it did happen from uh, the, the idea and, and I knew where it was going in the end and and then it just kind of took on a life of its own it really the characters really did take a life on their own and they did change as, as they went along a lot yeah I agree they evolved which which keeps you going right rather than just be the sort of pre-described thing that's the same at the end in the beginning and it does feel like it does feel like you were in the zone you know it just feels like you know that point when the writing becomes effortless and and you're sort of no longer almost you're almost lost in what in in the art of it or the act of it uh, and i got that sense reading reading flamingo coast and also i guess so i gotta say though you know that amount of research you did and i in going over your acknowledgments as well you talk about it um did that so did you have the idea for the story first given in light of the news or did you sort of stumble upon this stuff and go hey that would make a great you know fictionalized tale or what it, it did come from a couple different places and, and some of it was some historic stuff that i'd read and that i had heard of from some people long ago that i i researched and i was really curious about and and the character and i put and, I, and it basically I, I when i take a contrasting character and put them in a a situation that I don't know how they would react to that. That's when it becomes interesting to me. So um, it was kind of uh, seeing, seeing, seeing the conflict that she was, she was approaching early on in the story um, and seeing how it would unfold. And, and it was also her, her, her relationship with her father. Uh, it's another story, but, but originally Jennifer was Jeffrey. It was a male, a male protagonist. And that switched later on, but and it was a father-son story. But it became a father-daughter story in a lot of ways, and that that connection and that relationship was one of the most important things in, in the story that I wanted to focus on. And and you know because she had a missing piece and because she had unanswered questions in in her um, in her history and her background that she didn't understand that she couldn't have understood because she she never she never could find the truth, and she found it haphazardly and. Um, because of her pursuit, and then then she was confronted with why did she become the person she did, and what what is she going to do now that she knows the truth? And I thought that was a really intriguing um, thing for somebody that lived their whole life thinking one way, and and then being confronted with her reality being flipped. I thought that would be really interesting to see. You know, was it interesting? And. Uh, on, on that note, I, uh, the other night I just saw, I don't know if you saw the CNN um, documentary about the triplets. Have you seen that? No, but I want to, I saw the trailer for it, and I can't wait to see it. It looks amazing. Well, it's, it's fantastic because it, 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 uh, it goes to the nature versus nurture question in a completely weird way, and they never really found all the data of, of, of the results of the studies that, that happened during this. They don't really have any, you know, any uh, 
a summation on it, but it leaves you wondering. And as a writer, you have to really think about, you know, if you put your character with a different upbringing, as you did with yours, right? Yeah. You know, her, she started out with a, with a perfect uh, childhood and then, then everything changed when her father died. So, um, you know, what would have happened if she had a different, different parenting? You know, everything. Yeah, exactly, right. Uh, and that is, I mean, that's kind of the root of, 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 you know, Howard and Debbie as well. I mean, they're both products of, of their environment uh, and, and changes in their environment, especially, especially with Debbie. But, but getting back to Jennifer, your, your, your protagonist in Flingo Coast, you know, I, I can't help but feel as I'm reading, especially early on, you know, she really doesn't understand herself how much uh, the, how much of the unreconcilable relationship between her and her father is driving her to do what she's doing against the antagonist. It's like the reader gets it because you describe it and you, and you hint at it without being too like blunt or direct, but you know, it's got this motivation for her that makes her feel like a real person. Cause they, you know, cause there's always these motivations behind what we're doing. Like I didn't sit down and write Howard and Debbie cause I wanted to write about these two crazy people. Uh, you know, I don't know. And I'm not sure I can even tell you why I'm compelled to write, but I am. And, and for those other reasons, you know, kind of like your protagonist, and, and it's probably the same for you, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, because you, when you go into somebody's head like that, you, you could think, even when you're doing an outline, you, you could think superficially, oh, if, if, if this happened to them, then they would do this next and all that. And until you really get into the writing, writing process, when you really get in, what I call like when I'm, in, when I'm inside it, when I, like whenever I start my, my writing day and I start, oh, well, I don't really want to do this. And, you know, here I go again, you know, and then I start writing and it, and then, when all of a sudden I'm intrigued and I'm interested, it starts flowing, and then I just can't stop. I'm inside, I'm, and I'm in the heads of, of yeah. the characters, and, and it, it feels very real, And it, because it is real. You are going deeper than you do when you just think of a story or just you know, do, do something on the surface. And when you go inside, it, it, it's just amazing what happens because you're finding these depths. And, you know, if, if your character is missing something at the beginning, to, at least to, to themselves, and, and you, you recognize that early on, it's so fascinating to see what happens when they find it, find it out. Like in your, in your case, you had two characters where they were both missing a lot. One, um, one character, you, you, you talk about her backstory a lot. Um, so we know where she's coming from. Um, but, but they have a choice and they, they can, they can react one of two or more ways. And that's going to, you know, see how they interact with the, with the, with their antagonists and, and their situation. And, and then the outcome is, is fascinating. Um, because, you know, you had two, two main characters that, you know, flopped and, and had different experiences, yeah. different, different decisions. That's really interesting. In mine, it's, it's, it's basically, for the most part, it's a protagonist that that's going to transition. Hopefully, yeah, I agree. And it's interesting, you, what, you know, that you mentioned that because that is one of the one of those moments that just make the makes the writing day so yeah. rewarding when you don't know yourself why a certain thing or 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 you know what that dark piece is that you've yet to discover or even that it's out there sometimes or how you get to the you know signpost. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, as you're writing it, it just, it just, there it is. It's just like right in front of you. It's like, it's like you're, you know, it's like a flashlight in the fog. You keep going, you keep going all of a sudden, oh, that's, that's what happens. Oh, that's why he did that. Or that's why, that's why she said that or, or does that. And, and you, and it's very validating, right? It just makes you feel like, yeah, this is, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, it's very validating also in that, 
you're talking, you know, you feel that you're being truthful to the story and that this story is going to make it. Cause let's be honest, you know, when you write in a novel, um, if you look too far out, you know, it's a very daunting view and you kind of, at least for me, I just want to go hide under the covers and not think about the fact that I've got, you know, 350 pages of, of story I need to get right. Uh, you know, I just want to get the next thousand or two words, right. And, uh, and, and, yeah, so so I, I appreciate you saying that, uh, but I want to go back to something you mentioned mentioned earlier uh, that Jennifer was started out to be a Jeff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it totally was, and it was a situation where um, the, the the concept was optioned by a producer uh, to to be a movie, and uh, it was a female uh, producer that uh, really wanted the, <laughs> the protagonist to be female, and I said that's ridiculous, and I thought about it for a while for. Uh, you know, a few months. And then I said, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll just do the fine change feature and see, see how this feels just as a, as a lark. <laughs> and I, I did, I, I changed Je Jeffrey to Jennifer and I started reading through it. And I'm like, you know what, this is a little bit more interesting because I, I think some of her aggressive traits that are more cliched with a, a male uh, tur turned a little bit more interesting. And it opened up a whole bunch of opportunities for me to think, why, why did she become so aggressive and why did she take on, you know, some of these traits that, uh, you know, and it was really fun. I mean, I, I actually, I had one scene that I, I reduced, um, but it was where she, she was a hockey player, a nice hockey player. And it was like, she was taking out her aggressions in a, in yeah. a female hockey. And it was really, it, it brought out a lot. And it, I, I, I was, it was one of those Hollywood moments where I was like, oh man, these notes are ridiculous. And I, I just, I, and then as I, and this always happens to me, I don't know about you when you, when you get editor's notes, but my first impulse is to be critical of them and say, that's, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. My, and then yeah, after, after 10 minutes, I'll say, well, maybe it's not so stupid. And then, you know, then I'll jump into it. Well, that was brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? So, you know, it was one of those situations where writing from a female um, protagonist uh, really became interesting to me. And, you know, the, the other thing you were saying about writing being daunting at, at times for, for many reasons, right? Because, uh, you know, when you're writing a novel, it's so much work and, and you have to go inside there and it's a very time consuming and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And you don't know what, you know, if, if the work is going to turn out right, what, what you're going to do with it, all that. And it, it's, it's incredible. So you, you really have to have a lot of faith and, People always say, write what you know, and you're you're probably writing about yourself, and especially you're going to probably hear that a lot with your your characters because they're so extreme. Like, you know, did this happen to you? Are you? The, but not necessarily. You know, it's like you. I think the most interesting thing is when you take on a a character in a in a extreme situation, and you're fascinated with it. It re it really is amazing when it takes on its life of its own, and like you said, that's what you know. When it, with that feeling of that, this is what I should be doing. That this is that got like experience, whatever you want to call it. You know, it 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 has to be right because when you're doing that, I guess it is like I guess you come from a music background too, but um, it it is akin to music. It is akin to akin to uh, you know creating something that moves you. Yeah, and and, it, and there, there are I. I I agree. I love how you said that. There are similarities. The way I look at it in music, which is like you say, where my background mostly comes from, you know, it's, I've always, even though I'm a guitar player and guitar players are like legendary wankers, just, you know, soloing all over the damn place. And look what I can do, Ma. Uh, 
but I've always been a, a serve the song kind of musician. Like if the song requires it, do it. If, you know, if that's just one note, play that one note like your life depended on, like it's the best note you'll ever play. And if the song requires a whole bunch of notes, then, then play that and play those the best you can. And it is the same way with the story. If you're, if that's what your character, if that's what happened to your character, you have to write it down. If that's how the story goes, you have to do it. And if you, you know, and it's sort of, you know, goes into that kill your murder, your darlings, kill your darlings, you know, sort of concept, right? Where, you know, you may have written, you know, the best two pages or five pages or, or two sentences of your life. And you just think, Oh my God, wait till my editor reads that. Wait till my agency sees that he's going to start shopping this book right away. And, but if it has nothing to do with the story, if it doesn't help the characters, help the story, help the plots, help you get from point A to point B or Z, uh, then, then out it goes, and uh, that takes courage. But that's also, you know, how it is. You know, weeks, months, days later, whatever. You don't, you don't miss them when they're gone. Uh, and I, I want to go back again. Just so I, I just the reason I brought up Jeff being Jennifer becoming Jennifer is uh, initially uh, I had the roles, the genders flipped for Howard and Debbie, where the man was going to kidnap the woman, which you know we know has been done before, and. Uh, and one of the things about Howard and Debbie that mattered to me is I wanted this to be sort of a feminist book. Uh, it is, there is some commentary about, you know, the treatment of women in America and their sexualization and the abuse and the whole schmear. Uh, but also that they can be bad, you know, they can be bad people too, right? They're not, you know, we don't, we can't put them too high on a pedestal, so to speak. Uh, they're, they're complex and, uh, and incapable of the best and the worst, just like the rest of humanity. And so my story, I felt like Howard and Debbie found its home. I found like the right lane to write in once I figured that out and Debbie became who she was and Howard, you know, became basically the antagonist slash protagonist and Howard became the protagonist slash antagonist, if that makes sense. No, it's it's really interesting, and, and we're we're in an unprecedented time, of course. Yeah, you know, the, whole, the whole Me Too movement is 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 profound, and it's important, and it's you know, you know, you touch upon abuse, and you talk about um, harassment, and other other things that have been you know so invasive in, in our in our worlds. But there's also a backlash, I think, that's going to be coming as well, and and I'm actually writing about it in my next novel. Um, which I'm, my working title is called Unmanned. Um, and it's not unmanned necessarily because he loses everything, but it's because um, he, he's, he's a drone pilot. And so unmanned uh, vehicles is, is what he, uh, is his business. But um, th there, there's going to, there, he's, in, the character actually gets fired from a big tech company um, for some kind of sexual thing he's he said to somebody that he doesn't even remember and it ruins his whole career and it, it's it's interesting what's happening to some people obviously some people really deserve it um and and uh it's great that they're stopping but it, it's also changing some lives in in another way and it's just it's interesting to get all perspectives when when there's a social change yeah i agree and and, it, and it, you know like with our debbie and i think you see that with with jennifer morton too is uh you know, it's a lot more, it's not so black and white, it's complex. And there's, you know, there's layers that you really need to try to understand, lest you be the next Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, and I don't mean that at all. I, you know, what I liked about I, how, your, how your book started for me, and I, I, I had mentioned the sense of humor, 
I was laughing with, oh yeah, this is a character I get. Oh yeah, I, you know, you, the the narrator's having fun with it too. So I I could I could see where he's coming from. And then it really switches to to you know why I thought it was going in a completely different direction. And that was that was really fun because then you start getting. Then I was really hooked once you introduced her because I was like, wow, what's going to happen now? Okay, so I get I get that they're going to meet now, and and I I see that you know neither one is who they say they are, but. How is this going to play out? And I really didn't know how, how you're going to take it. It was a very satisfying read because uh, you and, – and to your point, and I think the best writing comes with, with a writer that actually does, does it organically like you just said you did, you know, where you, you take it in and you let every, you know, everything take it its way. And, and that is like good music that's hitting every beat because the reader will ultimately – of course, I read it much quicker than it took you to write it. But I was a, I was able to follow it in that way and enjoy it in that way, and I I believe that's where you know where the magic comes. I read a lot of books that I feel that are are, are very good and competent, and I enjoy them. But I don't. I also felt like the writer whipped through it, and it hits the right notes, but not necessarily that deeply. And I think that um, I, I don't know. There, I think I think the the, the writer's process actually uh, comes out on the page. Uh, I yeah when when we get it right uh, I I absolutely agree and I think you likewise hit the hit the perfect balance between propelling your story you know a lot happens and there's you got these you know these beautiful locations I mean you could I could see that you were probably I'm wondering actually if you want you had the sort of uh, you had to restrain yourself from going too deep you know when they're in the Cayman Islands and there's all this exotic beauty and stuff because that could obviously while, while I'm sure it'd be fun to write and it would be, you know, good writing, you know, as far as the reader's concerned, you know, it's not really propelling the story. And Jennifer's got a lot going on and, and your antagonist, Culpepper, has a lot going on and, you know, so forth. You really could go off on tangents and descriptions. And I and because because mine is within the genre of a thriller, a suspense thriller, uh, you do have to you have to be in, in the reader's mind. of they, they want to know what happens. And I have to remind myself, so do I. Um, so to, to stop and smell the flowers. And I did to some degree when I got to the Cayman Islands, um, there, there were a couple scenes where, where she, uh, go, I don't know if you remember, she goes into the casino and she's, and, you know, it describes something. And I had to pull it back a lot because I wanted to get that contrast from her wall street, New York experience into paradise yeah. and that sense of that wish fulfillment of, you know, what, 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 what if I could change my identity and disappear into paradise and I could have all the money in the world? What would that be like? How would I do things differently? And, and, and to find a place that actually harbored that to me was really intriguing. It was really, um, I don't know. I just, uh, I, maybe, maybe that was one of my first inspirations, but that, that, that was a neat thing, but well, you really do have to find that right balance of, uh, of description and, 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 and story. No, I got to say that really resonated with me because when she's there at FinCEN and she's getting all this money and she's got this identity and she, and it kind of passes through her mind herself, you know, like I could just disappear right now and like live a pretty good life. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, and she's coming from this, you know, the, this, you know, challenging childhood. We're not, we know her mom is, a rough character, so to speak, rough, that's probably the best way to describe her. Not a great mom, we'll just put it that way. We know, you know, the dad's missing and, and there's some unknown things there. Um, and then, of course, she's this ruthless hockey player in a women's team, right? And then all of a sudden, she goes from that New York City world to, or, you know, or Boston slash New York City world to 
to the Cayman Islands and like the elitist of the elite part of that. And I'm thought, you know, God, wouldn't it be great just to lose yourself, just to change your identity and disappear and start over and just live that life on the sailboat, you know? Well, also, she became one of the people that she was going after her whole life, the people that she rejected of be- becoming. She could have been that, that person, and she, she instead she went after them. Yeah. And then she was living amongst them and, and, you know, tempted by all their temptations. And to see how she would react, I thought, was was an interesting no absolutely and that's what I, and that's i guess kind of what i'm saying is like you you're, you're you have insight into this world and you and you you have sort of a key to it like if you wanted to just you just step across a line so simple and you're now in there and everything sort of gets better on at least a superficial level right but but the the, uh, the all that unresolved part of it and of your that, that makes your character your character is just still working under there which makes you keep turning the page to find out how, how it happens. Uh, so I got, so we're probably about out of time, but I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you've obviously do, you do a, a fair amount of, of television, film and television. Uh, you've worked in Europe and, and, and America and South America. So when you're working on, when you're directing um, or producing a show or writing for that kind of stuff, how different is that as far as like the story Part of it, not the technical part of it. How far? How different is that from writing your books? Is it the same muse? Is it a different muse? Is it a different muscle? Yeah, it's a different muscle. I think I think novels are are, are slower, are um, deeper, are you know you take more can take more time with. And my most of my film experience has been as a director, so it's it's a much more collaborative situation and and you're working with a lot of people and and you have to have a the, the overall vision but you also have to work you have to play well with others and um <laughs> novel writing is the exact opposite it's it's an isolated yeah uh you know take your time figure it all out your way and and there are pros and cons of both you know uh filmmaking is probably a lot more fun but i would say writing novels is a lot more satisfying Interesting. Yeah, I would imagine there's a fair amount of surrender involved in your directing. You have to trust all these people. And, you know, I mean, we have to trust our editors and our publishers and all that. But for the most part, it, it's our story and, and we own, you know, almost well, everything. Yeah, I would say I would say in filmmaking, uh, a, there's a lot more that's out of your control. Um, and with writing novels, it's you have all the control in the world, of course, until it goes to a publisher and an editor and into the, into the public and everything. And we, which is a good, I don't know if we have much time, but to transition into how do you put on your pup, you know, you you come from a journalist background, right? So how do you put on your sales cap now and you know, publicizing it and getting it out to the world or do you just trust that people will find it? Yeah. And that's the, you know, I mean, that's the least, my least favorite part. I'll be honest. I, you know, I love writing, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even, when I'm in the zone, I don't even want to like stop and take notes about something I need to remember later or the, or, you know, stop and do some research to figure out like, is this what this really looks like? Uh, um, and sales and, and, you know, publicity is kind of the same way. It's like, I, you know, I'm a very sort of introvert person, like a lot of writers and, and, uh, you know, I just want to kind of stay in my slippers and write and you have to really just push yourself out there know that it's temporary know that it's for the best of intentions know that you know tyson and rareberg you know they're they're basically placing a strategy bet on you 
you owe, I owe it to them. And that really compels me to get out there and, 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 you know, push the social media aspects to get out there and do as much press and sales and everything as I can, because, you know, they're taking a chance on me. The least I could do is do everything I can to make them some successful. So those kinds of things, uh, help me do it. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know how much my background in journalism helps because I think I was more of, I am more of a writer that found journalism uh, as a way to write than a journalist who has learned to write books, if you know what I mean. Are you, are you still writing um, articles for, for music magazines? I'm not. I, I, you know, I get asked all the time, well, not all the time, but I get asked fairly frequently, and right now, I'm in the middle of a second book, second novel, it's my fifth book. Um, and it's just consuming me and I kind of want to avoid the distraction of doing other pieces while I can, but you know, if the right thing comes along, I'll do it for sure. Uh, and I need to keep myself, you know, semi active in that space. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm in the first draft of, of the new novel. So, uh, once, once I'm able to finish that, I'm over halfway, then, uh, then I'll look to do some press things or maybe some tech. I also have a technical writing background because I, when I worked in the music industry, I did a lot of technical stuff. And, you know, two of my nonfiction books are, are uh, technical titles. So, you know, I might be interested to do something like that. There's a, I, I, technology fascinates me. Uh, you know, I've worked in it. It's a really wild world. I'm sure as a director, you've, you've dealt with a fair amount of that because there's a lot of technology involved in filmmaking. Yeah, in my last book, uh, The Second Son, um, which just came out last year, actually in the summer, um, that also uh, takes place in, in, in the tech industry, which... Uh, I just immersed myself in uh, just just because it was fascinating, and it takes place uh, be between uh, Silicon Beach and Silicon Valley. So it's uh, it's in that. Are you up there? Are you up north? Yeah. So I'm I'm in the Santa Cruz Mountains. If you know where that is. So uh, I'm you know forty. I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere, but I'm actually depending on traffic, less than an hour from the heart of Silicon Valley. Okay. Okay. So so is your next novel. It has nothing to do with uh, uh, Howard and Debbie, right? So it's yeah. completely uh, standalone? It's completely standalone. Yeah, I have some ideas for continuing the Howard and Debbie saga, uh, but this was the next story in me, and I, I, I apologize in advance. I tend not to talk about the stories when they're in the first draft. I try to keep all that energy into the into what I'm writing. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's a completely different thing. It, you know, it, it's dark. It, I hope it's funny. Um, it doesn't have a Howard Feck character who, you know, is just a joy to write about for me because he is funny, accidentally, not on purpose. Uh, so I just felt like I really connected with him and I would, I would laugh out loud at some of the things he would do. And they were surprises to me, uh, you know, the moment I wrote them. He's such a dork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but a lovable dork, right? You know, um, and I and I for some reason those are the kind of the characters I, uh, I I I work with the most. Like you know, your characters definitely have a style, uh, and even though you know Jennifer's got her pain and issues, she's still pretty darn smooth. Well, thank you, and uh, I, I know I'm going to be reading a lot of you in the future because uh, with a name like Max Mobley, you have to either <laughs> be like a, a rapper or. a you know, very highbrow author, I think. So, uh, but your writing is fantastic, and and um, it's great talking to you. And, and I look forward to uh, your next one. Likewise, yeah, same here. And, and thank you so much for the kind words. And coming from you, Marty, it really means a lot. You know, when you get it from a writer, you you really appreciate it. Just it means the world. Not that it doesn't from other people, but just 
you know, you know, we have a kind of a connection and uh, because of what we do. I, I also I want to extend the same to you. Uh, modified slightly, I can't wait to see Flamingo Coast in a movie theater because to me, I feel like <laughs> it's so cinematic. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm not. I'm not reading a script. I don't know how to write a script, but I just I, I it it unfolds and it plays out um, as a as something so cinematic that you know. Good on you for being able to make that happen, and I look forward to, to watching it and reading well, it. Well, thank you, and, and uh, best of luck to you.